This is The Playbook. I'm here live at the Wynn Hotel in the lobby with Blue Wire Studios, and I have an incredible entrepreneur, Rick Jordan. He is a man who epitomizes the common denominator of all great successful people because he understands one thing, all in. Rick, welcome to The Playbook. What's shaking? I, I just love the all-in approach. You have this great podcast, but beyond before you even had the podcast, pod, podcast, you represented the common denominator of success. People ask me all the time, Dave, you've done 1,200 episodes or more, the greatest names, billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs like yourself, celebrities, athletes, entertainers, but they all have an all-in that they must be what they can be attitude. You know, I'm trying to research now how is that common denominator inherited or developed for you, you know, at what age? Is it genetic? Is it energetic? Is it a combination? What does that all in mean to you? And how, how did you start? Man, you're going deep right away. I like yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's we don't got much time to I mess know, around yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. I'm not Rogan. We don't got three and a half hours. <laughs> that would be a fun time, though. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Nobody sure. wants to deny that. Yeah. So when I was young, really, really young, right? I, I had my dad as my role model who died when I was just 16. And prior to that, anything that he would touch from what I would see, it's a, it really started with like good parenting and good, a good house. You know, I always saw that no matter what, you know, that dude was always there for me, regardless with anything. You know, I played baseball for nine years. I, I look back and it's like maybe I should have gone to college and played ball there and then kept going to the pros, you know. But then he passed away and things shifted a little bit. But that's always a, a memory I have to look back on. And it was even when he passed that he made sure that everything, and he didn't make much money, I'm talking like $40,000 a year, that's it. Dude, he was an insurance salesman in the ghetto. Like wow. term life insurance, cash paid premiums, getting held up at gunpoint in Chicago. Uh, th that was his thing, and he, his thing was to be all in with his family. Uh, and for me, I'm the same way. I'm all in in everything that I do, but it's still all for my family. It's still building that foundation. and. Now it's expanded beyond that because I feel like I've got a bigger purpose in life and that's to help millions of people that exist, whether it's with cybersecurity or building them up. I love the 18 to 25 year old demographic it just because it, it's such confusing times in life at that point. And, and just to be able to give them just peace that they don't have to even choose a direction at that time in their life and say, no matter what I'm gonna pick it, when you do, it's gonna be all in. Is it genetic? I don't know. For me, it was observance, and that's the only way to approach life. And I agree with that. Now, one of the interesting things is you come from an all-in family background, but you've been able to do something that most successful entrepreneurs haven't been able to do, is not only be all-in with your family, which I know to be true, but also all-in with your faith and your finances. So all three, you somehow have the time the attention and intention to be all in with not only the family, which you observed, but you didn't observe all in for finance and you didn't maybe or maybe not observe the faith side of it. How have you been able to find the time to be all in with family, finance, and faith? Yeah, family is, I always come back to one word, proximity. Anytime I would do something, even with my kids when they were young, because I had twins, they were my firstborns, right? <laughs> even with trouble. I know, right? Even with, I mean, even going to the drugstore, right, to pick up toothpaste, I would just grab one of them, you know, from the time they were just two months old or whatever, and just bringing them with me, just spending time with them. So, I mean, even mundane errands, that's the biggest advice I can give any kind of parents. Am I perfect at it? No way. 
because all in doesn't mean perfect, right? Right, does not mean perfect. Right on. But proximity is a way that I've worked with family that way. With, with finances, it's always I've, I've looked for ways, man, just to give. Because you know, I, I know that we're on earth to be able to lift up other people. And in the process, you'll be lifted up. You know, it comes back to faith as well. You know, when you're, when you're faithful with little, you'll be trusted with much. I know I'm paraphrasing with that, but th this goes back to, I mean, even standing in line at a, at a, at a gelato store, right? There's an 80-year-old woman that was in front of me fumbling with her, with her cash and couldn't quite get the money out to pay. I'm like, don't worry, I got it, you know, because it was like a line behind us. I wasn't in a rush. I'm like, right. I just want to help you. And she like, handed the credit card over, and she's like, you have no idea what today is. I'm like, you're right, I don't. Tuesday? You want Dave Meltzer's Thankful Thursday? <laughs> All right. She's like, today is my birthday, and my husband died two years ago today. Oh. And she's like, you have completely made my day and shown me that there's still more life to live, and I can still be kind to other people. And so those opportunities exist all around with everybody. Even if your life sucks right now, man, if your life sucks in the present moment, you're going to have opportunities around to help build people up even in the middle of the suck. And when you build up people during your suck, all of a sudden your suck starts to just drift away. It's a really cool pro just approach. Yeah, the who approach in my life is uh, knowing what I want in a trajectory to what I think I want in the future. Who is it? that I can help with what I want and who can help me. Yeah. And I think both ends of it. But there's also another side of all in that I want to discuss with you, and it's limitations. And I always say limitations is a variance uh, that everybody limits themselves. And people will look at people like you and I, uh, oh, how do you have such an infinite vision of your future? Yeah. And then you'll see a picture of the Webb telescope with a billion galaxies and trillions of variables in each of those billions of galaxies. And you're like, whoa, I'm limiting myself. Like, I must be limited. If there's that much out there, I must be limiting For myself. For sure. But you're capable of stretching the limitations. And that's the best way that I can describe it. How important is it with the all-in attitude with your family, faith, and finance to be able to continue to identify how you're limiting yourself and expand, grow, and accelerate for not just the benefit of self, but for community. Yeah, I noticed that when, to tell when I'm limiting myself, because it's all self-limiting beliefs, right? It's all just within you. It's not things that are necessarily around you. It's you creating these ideas that I can't do it. And in those moments, that's when I start to feel stressed. And when I identify, and it's hard to, man, because, I mean, you feel stressed, and all of a sudden you go into, like, reaction mode, right? And you're like, okay, i got to put out the fires. What do I have to do? But when I realize it's just practice of awareness over years and years, I used to not be as good at this. But when I identify that there's a lot of stress that actually I can feel being weighted down, that's when I can ask myself one question. Because every single time I'm feeling that kind of stress, I know I have a self-limiting belief. And it's always something I say to myself like, Rick, you're thinking too small. That's how I deal with it. So then in that moment, that one phrase centers me. Like, awesome, if I'm trying to accomplish this, maybe that isn't what I should be trying to accomplish right now. Maybe it's something that's 10 times as big. Because, Rick, you're thinking too small. That one phrase, I, I would love to see millions of people adopt. It helps me. I know it can help others. Yeah, and it's impossible not to think so small when, just for example, in the content that we do, I tell people you're thinking too small. 
you don't understand, you can't fathom the size, scope, and scale of an audience yeah. of 7.6 billion people. You just can't. Even I was sitting with <laughs> Gary no Vee before we went on vacation, and I was like, dude, I go, can you fathom how big this audience is? And he goes, Dave, nobody can. I can't. And I'm taking advantage earlier and bigger than anybody of that audience. Now, there is a dichotomy between two other words as I look at your career. And one is accountability, uh, something that is a learned trade of, how am I participating in the perception of others and my perception and what am I supposed to learn from it? You're a, a seeker of knowledge. You could tell by the paraphrasing of different quotes and, and you just yeah. are in search of being interested. Um, but then you talked about also beyond accountability of perception and lessons, responsibility. And it was interesting because I was gonna ask you about responsibility and you talked about being response-able and one of your response abilities is to frame it in the context that I'm thinking too small or limiting myself. You have an innate, uh, an innate concern for protecting people, your business and cybersecurity. Yeah. I know even with kids and students, you're, you're trying to protect them from financial illiteracy and you know, student loans. I mean, everything <laughs> I see that you're working on, it's like, or just dumbass people that, yeah. that are trying to place limitations on them, you know, or fit them into a mold. Yeah. Where does that come from? It's one thing to help people to pay for their groceries yeah. and do all the generous philanthropic things that you do, which is a primary focus of your life to give back or to give forward both. But there's also a sense for me, at least that the business you got into your life mission is to help protect people that can't protect themselves. Yeah, you got it. I, my original career choice was to be a cop. Really? Yeah. And I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's a, well, wow, if you go. I should be an intuit. This I know, is right? Yeah. yeah. If you go way Let back. Let me read you. Was, <laughs> <laughs> you want my palm? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why don't we change the show, man? <laughs> the Oracle of Entrepreneurship. Dave Please. <laughs> That's going to be a spinoff now. Okay? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, my original choice actually was a was a tornado chaser, no joke, like a meteorologist. That's cool. But, but even in that, there's and, a Midwest guy for you. I know, right? Go exactly. Down to Indiana, check out. <laughs> yeah. right, right on the 31, you'll be flying by. Dude, I'm always out. It's like my kid, my daughter, when she was five years old, I took her out. I'm like, there's a tornado warning. She's like, are we gonna go down the? I'm like, no, we're driving after it. <laughs> <laughs> She's bawling in the car. Yeah, no wonder he's not married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but he, we're driving out there and. In the moment, and this is so cool because I'm actually I'm like I'm showing her coming back to protection, right? I'm like we are actually safer right here, you know, like 500 feet from where this thing could drop, because I've got this knowledge, you know, I I got training from the National Weather Service because I know exactly where to go. It's it's a crapshoot whether it's going to hit our house or not, you know. You don't know that, but I do know that I I can trace it and I can track it and I can follow the wind patterns and all these other things. Because I spent two years of courses just on the side, right? Becoming this advanced storm spotter. And all of a sudden, her tears started like, oh, okay, really? You know? And she's, she was five or six years old at the time. You know, but then from that, I, it's, when I learned all that when I was young, being the cop, I, I could not be a Marine because of medical history of asthma. That was going to be my choice, right? I'm like, okay, maybe that's not the best path right now. I get into technology. It just kind of takes off. You know, that's where I learned business, you know, really from working with Best Buy and Geek Squad. I learned on the business side of things, found out I could actually sell pretty <laughs> easily, right? Which in and of itself, you know, it comes down to it's like, hey, I want to protect you. It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, you can either say yes or no. It's okay with me, you know, because I've given you the choice at this point. So protection in and of itself is really 
kind of providing the knowledge mm-hmm. to somebody else. Well, you always already know most of the time somebody's unsafe or unprotected because they just don't have knowledge or education around that. Amazing. And beyond the knowledge too, um, is this idea, uh, it's unique. It's it's a unique thing to see in somebody that is protecting people. Um, there, there's an idea of persistence that I see in you as well, and, and it's not just the general. It's like a freaking disease, man. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, and you need it to not limit yourself. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a certain mindset of persistence when you have setback, failures, and mistakes. When other people, you know, are ready to quit. Yeah or you feel somehow that you're going in the wrong direction, can you explain your mindset that evolves into this extraordinary persistence that you have with you know, limited fear instead of diving in and thinking about giving up? Yeah, I think I just did a show about this a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There goes the intuit. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I've but, done my research. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was around fear. And, you know, again, with, with knowledge and, and everything else that I've gained over the years, I, and this was work too, you know, working with coaches, which I think is important for anybody, you know, any kind of mindset coach. I mean, you know that you are one yeah. yourself. Uh, fear is always something that's only possible in the present. That's it. If you look at the past, it's already done. In the future, you don't know, there's no way you can possibly know exactly how it's going to play out. So the only way that fear is, is right now and literally, that means that fear can't keep you in the past. It can't hold you back, and it can't keep you from attaining what you want to go after either. It's actually a positive emotion to help drive you through and stay persistent and consistent because of what you want to f- focus on, what you want to go after, completely fulfill your dreams. So if fear can be shifted into a, a positive emotion in, in your life and anybody's life, that's how you keep pressing through those moments. Because it's right now. It's literally only right now that fear exists for. I love that because I teach people one of the critical components of understanding how to get what you want is to just practice identifying fear, then figure out how to utilize it. So in certain circumstances, fear gets you up, gets you back up, gets you started. Yes, it's a soul sucker, but it's the fastest way to get up. You got it. Right? And if you can, number one, identify it, and then utilize it either to get us up fast or to get it out of the way when it's interfering us, a need to be right or a need to be offended or a need to be separate, inferior, superior, guilty, anxious, frustrated, angry, worried, complaining, judging, all these different things that aren't getting us up but are interfering with it. Last question. Um, I believe our future lies in how well we can empower others. Obviously, because of math, I like to empower people that are younger because statistically, this legacy or empowerment, it doubles one extra time. If I can empower an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old, I have a lot more of a a statistical success and a lot more outcome that I'm looking for than a 70-year-old. Not that I'm afraid of empowering a (laughs) 70-year-old, but, you know, compound interest, I understand. Yeah, exactly. And you are the master of caring about the younger demographic. You you Thank spend you. A, a lot of time uh, with them. I have my own one-liners because I think those stick. You know, they don't want to hear the blah 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 connected yeah, to goodness, yeah. seven principles, four key elements, blah 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 blah. Dave Meltzer, but they like the one-liners. Share with me some of the lessons 
that you think these younger people can grab onto, plant a seed today at my show into the younger generation that will grow trees that you and I may never sit under, but these seeds need to be planted. I want to give you the floor to give me some of the biggest nuggets you have for the younger generation. You got it. The first is try everything. Nice. You know? <laughs> including ice cream? Yeah, including especially <laughs> coffee ice cream. Oh, my God, especially <laughs> coffee ice cream. But it's, uh, if I give some... All of my one-liners and little nuggets stem from, I, th I think I touched on it in the beginning of our talk today, is that when you're 18, right, at least in the U.S., when you're 18, you're expected just a couple months prior to that, really from graduating high school, to figure out exactly what you want to do for the next 70 years of your life. And, <laughs> right. And, and also figure out a way to pay for that knowledge to, to obtain, to, to go out. finance after it. Right? Exactly, right on. And, and then... Even on top of that, it's like, oh, by the way, you're turning 18, you now have no legal restrictions on you whatsoever, so you're completely do, free to do whatever. You know, so it's such a pressure point in life at, at age 18, but then you, you take that through the college years and you, you get three years through and you're like, maybe I didn't want to do this. You know, or even a year through or whatever. I went for two weeks, by the way. Nice. Just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, screw this. I'm going. <laughs> I was much more afraid of my mom. So yeah. I, was, I was sticking you to stayed. it. The fetus wasn't fully uh, developed till after graduate school in my family. So yeah. I had too, too much fear of my mom. But hey, go ahead. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so try everything. Because in, in your 20s, if that's one thing to look back in my life, it's like that's the time to really figure things out. It's like you have time. You know, so even before, like if you're 18 to 25, that's another one is you have time, you know, figure out what actually makes you tick, figure out what actually fills your heart during those times. And that's what you go after. Because when you get into your thirties, you'll have a pretty good idea at that point, because you literally went after pretty much everything you wanted to. And then another thing, everything that comes across your path too, just say yes, because there's a reason that it's there, unless it's like a moral or an ethical conundrum for you. Just say yes. That's how I, I, unfortunately, I didn't figure this part out until I was like 37, yeah, right? <laughs> that's when men's quantum shifts happen at 37. It could be there. So maybe this episode's for all the dudes. Right, there. exactly. The women are like, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm doing it, Rick. You gotta love it. But yeah, try everything and just say yes. Because those years of your life are to really just explore, figure things out, take the pressure off. I'm not talking, you know, don't care for yourself. Don't work a job, I'm saying, don't ever live off your parents, you know? For, yeah, do it yourself. Exactly, yeah. But try everything and just say yes. I love that. Combine that with my best piece of advice of ask for help. Try everything yeah. and ask for help. It's okay, not live off of, but ask people who sit in a situation that you wanna be in for help. Ask them for a little shortcut, some direction, some support, some relationship capital, some options, maybe some opportunities, or even touches of favor. Yeah. The more you ask, the more options, opportunities, and touches of favor you will get from people like Rick and I, and I'm not afraid of neither, neither are you for people to reach out to us, especially young people and ask us for help. And if we can do it, we will. And if we know someone that can do it, we'll introduce you to you those people as well, which makes you such an all in guy. Cause it's not just Rick that's all in. He provides all in for his podcast community, his company's community, all the different successes that he has. What a blessing you are, man. I will tell you the Thank all you, the, the keep your options open that try anything. I was thinking to myself, it's coming, my 25th uh, wedding anniversary is coming up. Awesome. Greatest choice of my life is the wife uh, that I have. Greatest person I've ever asked a question of is her. 
But I was thinking, thank God I tried everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ended up finding what I wanted. Right on. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you got it. And they called me the Price Club. I was into yep. qu quantity, not quality. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I've never exposed myself Dude. on the show with that. Dude, no joke. I was called Jerry Maguire when I was a kid. Really? So, no yeah, yeah, for real. There I know, right? Yeah. It's like he can never be alone. All the moms hated me when I was That's like 17. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the moms love Jakey Bakey. Yeah. All of us love the Blue Wire Studios here at the win i'm david Meltzer here with rick jordan we are blessed to be here at entrepreneurs the playbook